Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 187 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your gentle whispers in your word. Help us receive the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Matthew is writing about in chapter 9. This chapter is full of Jesus healing the sick, including the paralyzed, the blind, the mute, and bringing back a child from the dead. It is a faith-filled chapter. We see it when the friends were bound and determined to get their paralyzed friend in front of Jesus. We see faith in the woman who had the blood flow. We see Jesus sending the unbelievers away before he brought the child back to life. There can be no unbelief inside of a miracle. The blind men were asked if they believed Jesus could heal them. They told him they did, and Jesus said, According to your faith and trust and reliance on the power invested in me, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. Our belief in the one who can heal us makes a difference, my friend. It's not just a physical healing we may need. Our minds, our spirits, our emotions, and our bodies need healing. Our broken hearts may need bending. Our hatred and unforgiveness may need to be taken away from us. There are innumerable ways God can heal us. May we believe he can and ask for it as the people we read about today in the chapter did. Pay particular attention to the woman with the blood flow. She had to move beyond her fear and even the law of the day to see and touch Jesus' clothes. May we have the courage to believe and pray for more faith as we approach our Savior. Let's see what's happening in the early church in Acts chapter 16. Paul and his disciples were on the move. Paul met a man named Timothy whom he desired to make a disciple and missionary. He did this and then they went from town to town to preach the good news. However, there were places the Holy Spirit prevented them from going. They were led by the Holy Spirit, which is something to take note of. In fact, it is interesting that this rather trivial fact was recorded with regards to their travels, but it was. We must allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us as well. While we think our day is going to go a certain way, we must also allow God the opportunity to change it. Jesus shows us that he allowed the Holy Spirit to guide him in our reading today. He was on his way to bring the child back to life when he was interrupted by the woman with the blood flow. He didn't dismiss her. He stopped to find out who had received his power and then made time to talk with her. Let us be open to the Holy Spirit guidance. In verse 13, we read that Paul and his disciples sat down and preached to women. We don't read about too many women in the Bible, so it is interesting to note this passage. God opened one of the women's hearts, and she was baptized. She even offered to house the men while they were there. Let us pray God opens our hearts to hear the message he wants us to hear every single day. Then a bit of ruckus happened. There was a girl who was possessed by a spirit of fortune-telling. Her master used her to make a fortune. She annoyed Paul, and he commanded the spirit to come out of her. When that happened, she was no longer of use to her master, and he caused a riot. Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown in jail. Instead of being downtrodden in prison, Paul and Silas started praying and singing hymns of praise. God shook the ground and all the doors of the prison were open. This really brings to light the idea of freedom in Christ. We are free in Christ no matter our circumstances. These men could have and probably should have been solemnly licking their wounds, but they prayed and praised God, and God set them free, literally. God used this occurrence to set the jailer free too. Verse 34 says he leaped for joy. Meanwhile, the leaders who threw them in jail prepared to tell them they could be set free. However, Paul wanted a public apology, and he got it. 
Again, they were set free of all charges and went back to Lydia's house to encourage them, and then they left the city. May God release the chains that bind us, my friend, for there are many. We are held captive by the world and its view of us, how we should be and what we should and shouldn't do. Let's put God in charge of every detail of our lives. Well, let's see what's happening in Second Chronicles chapter 13. This is a powerful chapter and shows us the power of God in a tremendous way. Rehoboam's son Abijah became ruler. We have read in 1 Kings 15 verses 1 through 3 a bit about Abijah. He followed in the wicked ways of his father. We read here that he only lived to reign three years. So although this chapter shows the power of God in an amazing way, his power worked through a man who didn't necessarily have a heart for him. I can only assume the people who followed him did. However, this isn't based on fact. The facts in this chapter are related to the words of Abijah. First, he sort of instigated a war with Jeroboam. He was the underdog, completely unmatched. His troops numbered 400,000 men, while Jeroboam's troops were twice that size. But Abijah claimed victory by God's hand. Verse 12 says, Behold, God himself is with us at our head, and his priests with their battle trumpets to sound an alarm against you. O Israelites, fight not against the Lord, the God of your fathers, for you cannot prosper. And verse 18 tells us the people of Judah prevailed because they relied upon the Lord, the God of their fathers. This suggests the people truly believed in God, even if Abijah's heart wasn't right towards him. God showed himself almighty in this story. May we have the same kind of faith as the people who fought in this war did. And may this story show us that even when leaders may not have a heart for God, the Lord still comes to the people's aid. May we leave our fears about this world in God's hands. In chapter 14, we read about Abijah's death. His son Asa became the ruler, and for ten years there was peace. Verse 2 tells us Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. He encouraged the people of Judah to seek the Lord. Verse 7 says, We have sought him, yearning for him with all our desire, and he has given us rest and peace on every side. So they built and prospered. May we continue to seek the Lord and yearn for him. Then we read that the Ethiopians, too many to count, waged war on Judah. In verse 11, Asa prayed, O Lord, there is none besides you to help, and it makes no difference to you whether the one you help is mighty or powerless. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rely on you and we go against this multitude in your name, O Lord. You are God. Let no man prevail against you. This verse deserves a note card, my friend. I love that he included the powerless in his prayer. Whether powerful or powerless, the Lord comes to our aid and he wins our battles for us just as he did that day for Judah. Let us always remember the battle is already won. Let's see what Psalm 6 has to tell us today. David is repenting in this psalm. There are seven psalms of repentance written by him. A commentary I've read suggests he was repenting from a sin with Bathsheba and Uriah. As we read about his repentant heart, we also see that his physical body is affected. He prays for mercy because he is weak. He asks for God's healing. He tells God that his mind is troubled. This shows us our whole being is affected when we truly repent before the Lord. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 says, From that time Jesus began to preach, crying out, Repent! Change your mind for the better. Heartily amend your ways with abhorrence of your past sins, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is, of course, the Amplified Bible's interpretation of the word repentance. We can see that King David's prayer includes this kind of repentance. He asks God to return to him. And then verses 8 and 9 say, Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication, and the Lord receives my prayer. First, David tells the enemy to flee all the thoughts and all the sins the enemy takes part in. 
then he is confident the Lord hears his prayer. More than that, he writes that the Lord receives his prayer. May we know that God hears our prayers and receives them just as King David did. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for the wisdom in your word today. Lord, we pray for an extra measure of faith and belief in you. Help us come to you for all we need. You are almighty and all-powerful. We praise you, almighty God. May your power and might strengthen us today. May we walk in your strength, knowing you have already won the battles we fight. Thank you, Lord, for being our shield and our protector. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.